Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. All right, we are back with Michael Zuber for the Friday Financial Wrap-Up. How are you, Michael? I'm doing wonderful, man. We got a crazy CPI number yesterday. We just got to talk about there's so many variables we have to digest, understand, and then react to. Yeah, Thursday CPI was a big number, man. It's very important. We're going to get into it. Today is Today's conversation is for Friday, the 13th, 2023. Let's get right into it. So this week, CPI. Headline and core expectations. What did you see this week? Tell us about what happened yesterday with CPI. Yeah, so I really want to set this up because people, you you need to understand what's happening around you because it is going to cause the market talking heads to say something that I think is misguided. So we have to break all of this down. So when you talk about CPI, there are four numbers we have to talk about. Four. Headline and core month-on-month, year-on-year. So headline month-on-month, headline year. Core month-on-month, core year. So four numbers. So expectations. These are from memory because it was yesterday. Expectations for headline were negative. I did say negative. 0.1. And that negative number is important because it will be the first negative number in years for for headline. And 6.5% was the year-on-year number. Core, which I keep telling you is more important, more sticky, harder, was expected to be 0.3, and expectations for year-on-year was 5.7. So those are the expectations. The actuals nailed every number. Every number was right on, not up, down, nailed. So negative 0.1 headline, uh, 6.5% headline, 0.3 month-on-month core, and 5.7 year-on-year core. So expectations, reality, or actuals matched. The experts were dead on right. First time wow. in a long time, but hey, they got them. Good for them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Keep going. Okay. So that's that's what we need to understand. Now what's going to happen? I suspect all the talking heads, or at least most of them, are going to be screaming at the Fed. See, I told you inflation is falling. Deflation is here. Cut rates, cut rates, cut rates, cut rates. So that's what they're going to say. And the Fed is going to say, what, are you kidding me? Did you not see that core number? Did you not see that? So, again, the talking heads are going to say cut, pivot, pause. In fact, the numbers came out yesterday. So before the print expectations were for 25 and 50 basis points were the two options since the print within the first hour 50 basis points has gone away now it's 76 percent chance of 25 and 24 percent chance of zero the market is screaming pause stop blah 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 the fed's not doing that ty the fed's going to raise rates the fed's going to raise rates 25 basis points february 1st just like I've been telling you for months now, 
and they're going to raise again in March, another 25 basis points, and then they might pause. So again, the market's going to scream. I can't wait to read all the articles about how stupid the Fed is and how all their indicators are backward looking and all of that stuff. So again, uh, there's a lot of things going on. The Fed's not going to pause. They're almost done. They're almost there, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, then there's the then there's what you and I care about interest rates. Yep. The ten year note is down like eleven basis points. It's under three five. So there is a good chance, and actually I put this out on my daily financial news for Thursday. What are the chances we get sub six percent thirty year money by the end of January? Yeah, I think it's I think it's possible. Yeah. And again, one of my crazy twelve predictions for twenty twenty three was rates would go sub six and it may happen even faster than I thought. So again, if rates go sub six, we have already learned from past June and July, that is enough to pull the marginal first time home buyer off the market. Because if you have interest rates sub six, you could do mortgage rates, buy down, pay points. You could be sub five. Yeah. Real estate's a different game at those levels. So again, I think there's a lot going on. I think a lot of people are going to be screaming. I think they're going to be wrong. I still think the Fed raises two more times, and I think the Fed pauses. They're going to call for Fed rate cuts this year. I don't see it. I keep. I want people to keep remembering, inflation has three components. There's stuff or goods. That is the stuff that's rolling off, and I would tell you would roll off fast, and this was a month where it rolled off fast. Then there is housing. Even in this report, inside the core number, why was core 5.7? Because housing was up 0.8 month on month. That's, what is that? Like 10% year on year, 9.6% year on year. If you annualize it, housing is a problem. And I told you it was a problem. It doesn't get better until July or August. Again, there's easy, which we're seeing. There's hard, which will roll off by August. And then really, really hard. Jerome Powell is telling everybody that will listen, look at services, look at wages. And that number is still elevated. So again, I stand by my thoughts. We're going to go from 9.1 to 6 really, really quickly. We're going to go from 6 to 4 slowly. It's going to be really, really hard to get sub 4. So uh, I think people are going to look at the headline, see a negative number and go, Inflation is over and Powell to his credit is going to go. No, it's not you idiots. It's not over. We got a lot of work to do. So lots going on there. Very interesting. And I want to clarify for, for you at home, listening, you at work, you're listening, you're watching this on, on YouTube or Facebook. What, when you say the talking heads, that's typically people that are wall street stock market oriented is that accurate or is that is well that I, maybe... I think it's 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 anybody who gets invited on cnbc and i i think it's all those people you reference but also the billionaires there have been so many billionaires complaining about the fed and what happens is we realize that they're swimming naked to steal a buffett uh thing i think it was barry i want to say barry steinhart uh anyways he's the ceo of starwood it's Barry something, yep. something. Um, about four months ago, he, I knew he was in trouble when he brought a PowerPoint to CNBC. I'm like, dude, Barry, that's not a good look. You're a billionaire going over PowerPoint by the feds wrong. You're in trouble. Sure enough, within 60 days, his mortgage company went bankrupt. 
And then like two weeks later, he had to stop distributions in his private REIT. So what Barry was telling us is the Fed was hurting his illiquidity. Then you have Elon Musk, who is, you know, is still, I think, the richest man ever, but the first person to ever lose 200 billion or whatever it was, because he's a car company. And when rates go up, people buy less cars. He was telling you that he has a demand problem, right? He sent those tweets. The Fed must cut immediately. You're just whining because it's hurting your business. So again, it's billionaires also. Billionaires will tell you when they're in trouble because they'll go on CNBC. Very interesting. Very interesting. So let me ask you. So obviously we talked about CPI, the actuals, the expectations. Obviously, Jerome Powell, still you believe we're going to see two increases, 25 basis points going forward. Right. And then maybe leveling off based on what the actual reading is, what CPI numbers look like going forward. Is that accurate? Yeah, and I think it's really the combination of everything, right? The economy is a complex beast. And I think what you're also going to see, because again, the second raise will be the middle of March. Yep. So we're like two months from now. Yep. I think what will happen by the middle of March is the job market will finally start cracking. On Thursday, yesterday, the unemployment claims came in remarkably low again, and people are losing their mind. But I do think we have incremental layoffs. I do think the unemployment rate, which again, in the jobs market last week went down, it currently sits at 3.5%, a 55-year low. I think it starts to tick up. I think inflation continues to come in. And I think by the middle of March, Jerome Powell is going to go, okay, we're going to watch the lag effect because they will at that point have raised rates 475 basis points. I think he will say it's where we stand at the ready to do more, but we're going to take a pause. And I think that's the beginning of a pause for the rest of the year, which in the housing market is awesome because once we get the terminal rate, we can start to collapse that margin that banks keep adding. And I think we have rates sub six uh, most of the year. It could, it could be it could be fun, which is going to be very healthy for investors. I love it for home buyers. Love it. Okay, so any other thoughts? I mean, just other things that you're thinking about with CPI and I, I, I kind of my my closing thoughts have not changed, but they'll be drowned out by the masses of talking heads. The Fed is winning. Inflation is coming down. Most of what we have seen to date is the easy part. The easy stuff is over. Housing will take six months to, to come in. Then there's the hard stuff. I think the Fed's almost at a terminal rate. I think from there, we can figure out where we go in the housing market. So don't, uh, don't overreact. I don't see a cut coming. I know people are going to be talking about cuts. Again, the number was negative. Headline had a negative 0.1. You're going to hear all these people screaming, time to cut rates, time to cut rate. Deflation is here. Deflation is here. It's not here. It's not here. Interesting. So let's talk about, let's go back to with interest rates. Let's just talk about what do you see also just obviously you talked about sub, sub six, sub five, all the great yeah. possibilities. Maybe just let's touch the 30-year home mortgage for a investor, a one rental at a time investor and or even somebody that's a home buyer or a home seller who's concerned, is this the time to sell my property? Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. So I think the first couple of things are we have taken eight, eight, nine, ten percent mortgage rates off the table, right? There was a time two or three months ago 
where I would say it wasn't probable, but it was possible. I think we've seen peak interest rates in this cycle, which I think peaked out at about 7.37 or 7.38, something like that. So I think we've seen peak interest rates. That's good news. Uh, I think generally speaking, we see rates come down as the Fed communicates they're almost done. Cool. The biggest thing is I think we see banks starting to compete because right now the margin between the 10-year and the average mortgage rate is still above trend. Of Trend is 170 basis points or 1.7. It's still well over two. So you're going to see that start to collapse. So I called for it weeks ago that mortgage rates would average sub six in 2023. Uh, I still feel good about that call. I think there's a chance we get sub six in January. Um, I don't think sub five is likely as a, as a for the standard rate. However, let's not forget, you can pay points. You can buy down the rate. So even if the average rate is 5.83, there will be plenty of people, Ty, that buy the rate in the fours. You as a buyer can have the seller give you seller credits and get a rate with a four on it. That changes the housing market. Affordability is better. First-time home buyers, FHA, VA. Again, that's where I'm playing. We have two flips going, and I feel great about it, uh, the first-time home buyer market. So that's what I think about interest rates. Okay. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about Talk about job market. What do you see unemployment, job market? I know you talked about, you had a unique term where you talked about luxury. You talked about the, you, it was a word with regard to recession, the rich. Oh, rich session. Rich yes. session. Yeah. Maybe get into the job market and maybe cross, yep. connect the dots there with the rich session. Yeah. So I, it is, um, it's actually something I've, I've, it was coined by someone else. I read it on a CNBC article. I wish I could give them credit. I don't remember their name. Oh, I think it was Mark Zandi. I think Mark Zandi said it. So let's give him credit. Basically what it is, is it's what I've been calling the white collar recession. And the fact that the Federal Reserve way back at Jackson Hole said pain was coming. I think, it, I think Jerome Powell is trying to hurt people with assets, which generally speaking are people rich that, that have assets. The, the middle class and the poor they're actually up year to date because they don't own any stocks. They don't own any crypto. They don't own any of these things. So again, their wages are going up. So I think, I think what we're seeing is the employee, the blue collar worker, they're going to win. They're winning. Um, they may not be winning a lot, but I think they win going forward as inflation comes down and their wages go up. So not only do they have nominal wage growth, but they have real rate, real wage growth. And I think that's, that's always what I've talked about. I think housing is boring, but affordability gets better with lower rates and higher wages. And it, what's the other cure? Time. You get 5% wage increase, then you get another 5%, you get 4%, and you have rates sub six. Pretty soon, housing for first time home buyers gets affordable. The marginal buyers come off the edges. So um, I still think we have a white collar recession. I was one of the first to call it. I think it's tech and finance based. Goldman Sachs just laid off seven or eight percent. BlackRock laid off three percent. Um, you know, uh, Coinbase laid off another twenty percent. Uh, the white collar recession is real, but the good news is there's still a lot of jobs out there. So you may not be making two hundred fifty grand a year, but now you're making one eighty. So uh, yeah, I, I feel good about my calls so far this year. Yeah, you've 
you've been on we've been going for about 18 months now and i've got to say that uh for anybody you're out there you're watching this right now michael zuber is a secret weapon if you're in the real (laughs) estate game daily news friday financial news is such a gift so michael talk about a soft landing what could be a soft landing here and what are your thoughts there so what is a soft landing a soft landing is where we don't have negative gdp now i will admit Three or four months ago, five months ago, I laughed at the idea. If you had asked me and I put it out there, I thought the chances of a soft landing were ridiculous 2%. Not impossible, but highly, highly, highly unlikely. We're talking one in 50 at a 2%. I I think it was on Saturday when I kind of looked at what was going on. I'm like, damn, our chances of a soft landing have gone up. And I would say materially up. Now. Let's not get it twisted. I've gone from 2% likelihood to 15. So it's not like it's my base case. But let's at least acknowledge it's gone up, what? I don't know, 700%? So again, I don't know that a soft landing is a base case. I still think think housing, transactions, housing, building is in a depression that pulls the country into a recession. But I will have to admit, I think we are in a rolling recession where different industries get hit at different times. And one of the outcomes of a rolling recession is we don't have negative GDP because when this is bad, this is okay. And when this is bad, this is okay. And I think there's a chance, you know, 15% is a lot better than two. And I want to give Powell credit because I didn't think it was possible, man, but that's, you know, I, I, I want to acknowledge that 15 is better than two. Very interesting. Soft landing. Okay. Well, we're going to keep an eye out for that. I want to hit one other thing. So we talked about three different markets within every market. We talked about first time buyer market, move up buyer market, and then the luxury. So I want to ask you, is your opinion still that luxury is going to be soft? Yes or no? Luxury is destroyed. Luxury will be bad all year. Luxury will not come back until the S&P 500 is at 5,000. Because again, a lot of the rich, the wealthy have their assets and stocks. And as long as unemployment and job security and the stock market's down, a a luxury home is a want. People that want a luxury home, they already have a home. They're not going to be interested in pulling the trigger. I think luxury is bad all year. Interesting. Now the move up market, do you still see that as slow? It's slow. That one is very interest rate sensitive. If we, if like I'm calling high sixes or no high fives for interest rates, if, if we got to the low fives, high fours, it might come back. But I think that's a 2024 comeback story. Very interesting. And then last but not least, first time buyers, the, the entry level market, do you see it as stable or strong? Elaborate. Uh, strong. Uh, again, I think I think if you were going to take your your market and X luxury X move up homes, the inventory is just not there. And if the inventory is not there, and as I think more buyers are coming, it's it's strong. I mean, you're it's just it just is, and I have proof of that, right? I have a flip that had no activity during Christmas. I got three offers in 24 hours. I mean, the move that that if you're I'm 75 percent of the median price in my market on purpose. There's just no inventory. And I think it stays strong. Now I'm not calling, I'm not calling 20% prices. I'm just saying 
If you price it right, it'll sell. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Well, folks, you heard it here. Thank you, Michael, for all that you share. I just, again, get the book. If you have the book, please go on to Amazon. Give this man a five-star review. I would say for anybody and everybody out there, subscribe. Subscribe. This is the best content. If you're in the real estate game, if you're an agent, if you're a real estate professional, if you're an investor, the one rental at a time is absolutely a channel that delivers. Michael, thank you for all that you do. Have a great weekend. Thank you for all that you share and do. Thank you, buddy.